All right, and welcome to yet another episode of the Dice are Screaming podcast. Oh, oh yes, we're screaming. Thank you. And welcome. So we're here. It's Friday. We skipped a day on Tuesday, but that's all right. We um, Totally my fault. I oh. mean, as it really always is. Uh, that's not any fault. It's just life. And so we're here. But um, you, you honestly have come to expect that from the gaming podcast whose dog keeps pooping in your begonias. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to clean it up. So. That's us, you know. Yeah, boys picking up after us. Lots so. of angry glares launched in our direction when we take the trash out every time. And mm-hmm. totally deserved angry glares, too. Totally. Know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here with you tonight. We uh, have some topic. It's uh, kind of a big one for us, so we're going to, I think we're going to keep this Happy. one quiet. Yeah, yeah. So the kimono get... is firmly closed. Uh, it's It's been, you know, safety belted. Uh Seven ways from Sunday, so there will be no no fluttering kimono tonight. No, uh, we have some call-ins, and uh, of course, thanks to everybody who's been sending us nice messages. Yeah. Who on you who send us bad messages? Uh, you can keep them to yourself. Oh, Gee whiz. that's okay. Uh, depends on how bad they are. Oh, well, they can never be too bad, because the only bad attention is no attention. Oh, yeah, well, so we're, Oscar, we're, if you Oscar hate us, Wilde would agree. If you hate us, at least you've heard of us, and at least we're taking up space in your head rent-free. Uh, I, I just, I can only flash back to Pirates of the Caribbean with the, uh, <laughs> you, know, you are the worst podcaster I have ever seen, but you have yeah. seen me. Yes, you have. And uh, so it is with us that uh, you are inflicted once again with... Us assaulting your eardrums and, of course, your senses, uh, addled as though they may be if you're tuning in to us. But uh, we've been here for... Think back over the life choices that have led to this terrible moment. (laughs) Yeah, you really do need to have a rethink. But uh, we appreciate everybody who has kind words for us. And so, without further ado, we have some kind words. And uh, Jeff Collier, and uh, forgive me if I mispronounce your last name, but uh, yeah, I think you're a first-time caller. Yes. Long-time listener? Oh, no, we're not going to do that to you. But yeah, Jeff's got some eloquent words for us, so let's get with it. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Jeff. Um, just wanted to say thank you for reminding me to uh, to spend some more time in the now with the gaming. Uh, like you said on the, on the episode, um, people forget to be in love with the now when they start looking at the past. And when I think about that, I, you know, I think back to the, to the early 80s when, you know, the only place that I could buy, um, you know, any TSR products was in, uh, like a locally run drug slash stationery store, um, that had a magazine rack that of course had Mad Magazine. So that was a good thing. And that's what probably brought me in there. Um, but they also had an end cap full of TSR products that didn't change very often. And I distinctly remember just the the huge amount of uh, mystery and awe that that end cap inspired. But if we fast forward to today, um, I often lose that sense of wonder when I take my, my same, let's say $10, I don't remember what modules used to cost back back in the day. Um, but let's say I take my $10 and I go to drive through and I just have this this veritable, you know, rainbow plethora cornucopia of gaming content that I can get for for my hard-earned money there. Truly, you know, really neat products, inspired, beautiful artwork, well-laid-out, edited stuff. Um, way better than the, the most of the stuff that we picked up and drooled over back in the day. Um, and I and I forget to be in awe of that sometimes. And I so I really appreciate you guys um, reminding me of that. Hey guys, Jason here. That seems like an incredibly stupid argument against what Charlie Blackburn said. Uh, you know, what's going on now has nothing to do with the past, like we've said. You know, TSR has been gone for decades, so to act... I, I don't know. That's pe- People are looking for something to get angry, which is frustrating. Of course, now I'm going to tell you something that I find frustrating, and maybe I'm looking for something to get angry, but... So Flying Buffalo has changed the name of the spell. 
yes a master in tunnels and trolls and they've changed to obey me i've got zero issue with this i think that makes sense i think it is a good plan i'm down with that but they changed in the pdfs and and i only looked in the fifth edition pdf but i didn't see any note where they changed it they just went back updated the product with no commentary no no note at the front or back saying it was changed all right and thank you jeff uh yeah we're glad that you uh caught on there we're glad that uh through all our rambling discourse you were able to discern what our main message was is yeah uh be happy to be in the now i mean there's a lot of good stuff that we all remember from the early days and even if you weren't there for the early days it's it's there to discover it it's uh oh hell it's it's just a great uh time in the old days but uh, there's also now and oh yeah i love unabashedly uh coming across original era first or second edition product that I never got the chance to unwrap and look at back in the day. And if I come across something like that, it is just like Christmas in July. You know, that magical feeling no matter when or where. Just, ooh, I can't wait. But I am also in love with the now. And every time I go into the local comic shop, uh, Perfect Storm, I walk in there and there is a large shelving unit uh, designed to display Wizards of the Coast product for 5e. And it is covered in brand new product of like just the last few years. Uh, some of it like of only the last, you know, half year. Uh, and it's terrific product. I mean, I, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I've got limits, you know, I've, I've got to pick carefully what jewel would I like to unwrap this time. Uh, and I'll, I'll have to come back for the others. You know, it's just, it's like rescuing children from a burning building every time I go in there. I'll come back for you! Uh, the financial flames are too hot. Gotta wait. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm still in love with the now, man, and I'm glad that that came through. Well, yeah, and you add to that the DMs Guild and uh, oh, all the... very proud of them. Yeah, very uh, good, well-made stuff with artwork. And then, uh, yeah, even uh, games from old like uh, RuneQuest and Tunnels and Trolls have had uh, new additions heaped upon them, and they're well laid out and uh, brand new and shiny. As I understand it, RuneQuest is up for uh, an award over in the UK Expo, so... Really? Yeah, which I, I think is well-deserving of... If you have had a chance to look at the new RuneQuest, uh, both that and their bestiary and their Guide to Glorantha are very uh, well done. I mean, for my money, uh, yeah, I'm a Pathfinder guy, so that's the thing. But um, when they came out with uh, the new edition for uh, role-playing in Glorantha RuneQuest, that, wow, that I, I don't think uh, in years I've been that overwhelmed with a product just the beauty of it it is just well put together uh as far as not only just in the framework of its rules but just the the artwork itself is well, very evocative i mean just, tribute to the memory of mr stafford oh yeah absolutely but you know what uh, the dm's guild has um some fine fine examples i mean just great artwork all around as well as all other games everybody's really been at the top of their game <laughs> literally so to speak oh yeah, yeah. oh I'm so witty. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm reminded of the time I was crossing the border into Albania when I was asked by customs if I had anything to declare, to which I replied with perfect aplomb, only my brilliance. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's lame. Thank you, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put me in my place. Yeah, but no, I mean, it's just awesome that uh, there's so much good stuff, so... Yeah. I'm glad yeah, you enjoyed the episode. It's a blessed time. Um, Jeff, you know, and again, not casting shade on the past. No. Just it's nice to, to appreciate the past and what also right now it has to offer. So, yeah, keep up the good work and uh, glad you enjoyed and keep listening. Um, but uh, we would be remiss. Haha. If oh, we didn't have a call from Jason. So, we, Jason. We got a remiss in, finally. Yeah, we do. Jason. Uh, also called, so we're going to put him on. So stick around for that. And I love Flying Buffalo. I 
love their games, love their attitude. They've been around since almost the very beginning. I, you know, Loomis was, Rick Loomis was a great guy. I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, throw shade on Flying Buffalo, but if you're going to change wording in an old book, like they have the first edition Tunnels and Trolls out there with the idea, hey, there's the first edition of this game, see what it was like back in the 70s. Cool. But then you go change spell names and don't even acknowledge, hey, you know, put a little note in the front or back saying, hey, listen, back then they had this name in there. Obviously, it's not really appropriate today, so we've changed it, but just historical footnote. I I would like to see it, it when if people are going to go back and change the old PDFs and load them up. I'd like to see historical footnotes that things are changed and not act like it was always that way. Maybe maybe that's just me being niggly. I don't know. But great episode. Enjoyed your rant, and I'll see you next. Next time. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, thanks for that, Jason. Glad you enjoyed the episode. And uh, yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of people. Uh, angry about stuff and boy there's no shortage of things to be outraged over these days whether real or imagined i think that you hit a point there that if you had something to you just kind of pick at the, the tunnels and trolls changing a kind of uh bad look spell now cringe worthy oh boy yeah it is cringe worthy but i i think i gotta say i think we're with you on this one in that there should be some footnote for everything that they changed, not just like the sensitive material, but but there should be a footnote included uh, for any material that they altered from the original text. Yeah. Just as a, a historical reminder. And I'm not trying to make them like rub salt in their wounds and continue having that cringe moment for the rest of their existence. I, I, I don't want to punish them or anything like that. I have no malice. I'm just saying that, you know, erasing the history also erases the context you know you you just wind up learning nothing from it uh whereas like just saying yeah this is a thing it totally happened it was not a thing we're proud of and we have changed it and we're we were oh. right to change it and you know if they just had a little nudge in there mm-hmm. i i think that would have been a more acceptable yeah it uh, would resolution. it would it would help to have some context of why they changed it I mean, yeah, having a spell, Yasa Masa, is just, oh, well, okay, especially today, you know, our modern sensibilities may, like, we can roll our eyes, but I remember kind of like, ooh, that's kind of awkward, but all right, I get it, the Jack Benny vibe, but uh, in Rochester, but all right, so as it stands, I don't think there was any real malice behind it. I think it was just careless and, if anything, cringy and awkward today. And they were right to do those things. Uh, Obey Me does kind of capture the same essence without the cringe. So Yeah, the classic command spell. Uh, Obey Me. Which, you know, still present in the game mm-hmm. uh, in many forms. Just like, take that, you fiend. Oh, well. Yeah, Tunnels and Trolls is just chock full of tongue-in-cheek. Cute hey, after the like 50th that. time you cast it, it has a charm of its own. <laughs> I'm just saying, I never get tired of saying that. Take that, you fiend. Zap. It, it's not a fiend. It's it's just a piece of, of, of sentient garbage. It's still a fiend to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, but I totally uh, love Tunnels and Trolls as much as the next guy, which may put me in a minority or, in some cases, I'll like, Give me some sideways glances. You're actually playing that game? Yeah, it's all right. Well, yeah, it's a genuine, authentic tidbit of the earliest era of gaming. Yeah. Uh, the one place where I can play a rogue and feel like the most powerful member of the party. All right. I just yeah, said it. True story. Um, if you know the Tunnels and Trolls original editions, the well, rogue was not to be screwed with. Well, they didn't have a class for the rogue, but just having high dexterity in combat ads and light armor. Hey, it puts you in a good place, so. Yeah. Um, you know, the rogue ruled. Um, okay, so. Yeah, kind of a rogue-like. But, yeah. You know, the the, core, they didn't, the concept was there, just not as, like, thoroughly fleshed out as. No, but, hey, you know, for being number two on the scene, I, I don't give them any hard feelings for it. Um, pardon. Um, I think it's a good game, and uh, I think they made the right call, so. I'll probably give us more hate, which is good. We like that hate attention. Uh, well, send us your hate waves. We we feed on them. You know, if 
if a game, which is essentially a business's intellectual property, uh, has some archaic leftover that is absolutely unsaleable in the modern world, uh, I am not going to turn around and poo-poo them for protecting their investment, uh, for making decisions that are yeah. smart, thoughtful, uh, and well-reasoned. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I don't mind defending that. <laughs> no. and it, It's well within their rights, and it, it's actually you know a better business stance than, like, hey, you know, we really only want to be able to sell to, like, you know, 2 or 3% of a niche hobby, which is, like, Two or three percent of a niche, which is two or three percent of another niche. No, pass. Uh, that is the path to financial suicide. And oh, I cherish these games, so I want them to prosper and continue to exist. Oh yeah, and we don't look. I, I invite it because it always seems that we have some people listening that have uh, are up to no good and have none of of the good interests of the community at heart. So buy on you. But enjoy uh, wasting your time on and electrons on trying to send hate to us because we love it. It's attention. It means we're doing our jobs. All right. <laughs> Have your Palpatine moment. Yes. Let the hate flow, young one. Mm. <laughs> I will make it legal. <laughs> All righty. Well, with that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with your topics. So stick around. All right, and we're back. So, topic, it's Freeport Friday, so we're just going to talk about silly stuff. Like, that's a change from any other no, time. I, yeah, that silly stuff is our raison d'etre. Uh, so, there's no escaping that. Yeah, um, we're taking elf games seriously down here, folks. Yeah, yeah. You know, pointy ears. That's the wave of the future. That's right. Ask our Spock. Elf, our elf games are serious business, sir. <laughs> this is not a place for laughter. I apologize for my laughter before saying that, too. Mm. No. Uh, actually, wonderful topic. It's not the most gamer world relevant ever, because no. obviously it's us. No. It's two-year anniversary. Yeah, two years ago, on July 20th, we came out with our first podcast, which was of Dice and Death, and we dealt with the weighty topics. Of, or of Dice and Men. Well, of Dice and Death. Oh, Dice and Death. There may be a Dice and Men, too. I mean, that's relevant as well. Yeah, we were talking about uh, dice, when to fudge, what not to fudge, you know, um, how much your dice rules your game. It seemed like a good, safe topic to start off with, and it got us a lot of um, notice, and uh, we had a, a lot of good callbacks from that. So that was our first, and, of course, we only went downhill from there. Yes, um, yes. Everything since then has really just been this long downhill slide. Uh, but but we, we've sustained it for two years, which I have to submit is an important landmark. Yeah, I, managing to sustain this level of momentum as we car we caram, just, like a luge, just whoosh, faster and faster still towards some heinous, gory ending that you know we have not yet envisioned. <laughs> but we. We've done it for two straight years, uh, and that's something to be pretty happy about. Well, yeah, we've had uh, intermittent uh, pauses, uh, especially with the quarantine. It made it a little difficult for us to get out and uh, get our podcast out there. So probably when it was most needed, we weren't there. So wah, wah, yeah, st still, you know, a thorn in our pride um, that the technical aspects were not there principally my fault. Uh, that seemed like a good time more than any to rise up and, and you know, like be on the job. But we didn't. So, yeah. you know, if, if we're going to proclaim that we have an actual regret, it's not any of the other stuff. Yeah. What about that time? No, none of those. Just the missing a few months when I think it would have been a wonderful thing uh, to keep at it, that was that was a little troubling to me. But leaving aside that one downside, oh well, you know, not like uh, we have anything to be ashamed about. But Critical Role stopped during that time. Yeah, and wisely so. I, I you know, can't really see I blame them. It, you know, if they one if one entity had the ability to overcome any uh, quarantine 
and just get together and, uh, you know, just host it. I think they could have, but uh, they chose not to. And I think that uh, shows a little bit of their solidarity with a lot of people. The fact that they place such an emphasis on the tabletop as well as the technical challenges would have been daunting and it still would have put people at risk just to keep their side of the bargain going. You know, that, okay, we're still playing. Uh, how about the rest of you guys who, you know, can't afford all this and groovy stuff and doing this stuff? Yeah, it would have been a little bit of uh, rubbing other people's faces in it, and I, I think they made the right call. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to, I will not grouse at them for that choice. Absolutely. You know, there's, you'd have to be a, a lowly person to do that. Oh, never put it past me, though. Well, in two years, we also had another milestone in the last, uh, you know, week. Uh, we, we crossed. Oh, no, no. That uh, was actually a couple months ago. We crossed 10,000. Yes. Listen. So uh, we, we let that pass without mention. Uh, shame on us. We were remiss. Um, sure. Um, but yeah, ten thousand different listens. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, in the heat of the quarantine, a lot of uh, our episodes got re-listened to, and uh, you know, we got a big boost, and uh, it put us. Well, we were at, I think, right going into it. I was at. Oh, we're getting close. It's ninety-eight hundred. And 10,000, it's just a number. So, I, not that I'm trying to, uh, anybody who's listened and enjoyed our podcast, hey, thanks. I mean, yeah. That, that means a lot to us that you enjoy it. Okay. Uh, but it's a number, and sometimes you can get caught up in the numbers. Uh, I'm not trying to be uh, a thick about it or, or uncaring, but you know what? If uh, it took us two years to get to 10,000, there's some podcasts, as I understand, like, uh, more infamous ones, uh, like Ten Cars Tavern. I mean, that guy oh, gets yeah. like almost ten thousand every time he puts one up. So yeah, you know, okay, and that's good. I'm glad that people yeah, enjoy and if, it. And if you have paid attention to his game reviews, they are thorough and neutral. You know, I mean, they, yeah, he's very. This guy takes apart uh, modules, new releases, uh, brand new game materials coming out, and I, he breaks them down to the brass tacks. Okay, he just he. Tears them down to the studs and looks at every aspect of them from the materials used in the making of the physical product to the actual contents, the playability, uh, things like that. And I gotta say, you know, every one of those, every one of those listens is deserved. Oh yeah. And you know, I think he's more of a pundit than he is a reviewer, but he's very fair minded for the most part. I think that is anybody else in the world they have biases oh, and opinions yeah. all of their own and us included yeah and yeah. nobody is immune to that for me to say he's a, more of a pundit i think he speaks not from a single authority or even speaks for a community i just think he speaks for himself and yeah. people like that and i don't think he's ever pretended otherwise no and that, he is not a pretentious he is a fellow. super candid straightforward you know i mean you know exactly where he stands he has no there are no uh, three, like 4D illusion uh, cunning oh, with yeah. the tank car. He is exactly what he is right in your face. So, you know. Yeah, he's not trying to be pretentious about it. Yeah. And, you know. Oh, more, not like us. Yeah, yeah. we're totally pretentious. <laughs> pretentious pretenders. That's what we are. We we just pretend like we know what we're doing. <laughs> well, so, we do. Oh, we do? We do pretend like we know what we're oh, doing. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Totally misread that one. But we do it publicly. <laughs> yeah, you know, there is some... Our pretense lacks pretense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of subtlety there. About as subtle as a car bomb. Yeah. Yeah. We send a message, all right. Boy, do we stink. And uh, that's all there is it's to just... it. <laughs> as subtle as a hallway fireball. Mm. Yeah. In a, <laughs> in a 10 foot by 10 foot row yep oh man uh, but what a great two years and if it had been two years and 1000 listens uh, we would probably be patting ourselves on the back exactly the same yep. way which is like awesome you know it doesn't but really matter the, 10,000 is your point is correct that it's not the numbers that count for anything we're just grateful that uh, so many people have found something to enjoy yeah we've had a lot of fun doing it and of course we're going to continue to do it um, we've kind of tried to steer it in different ways and do different things. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I think that, uh, there is a point that we've tried to do, uh, our 
rants and rambles to try to kind of get it off our chest and be more focused when we do uh, topically oriented. Yeah, that stuff. was last year's big promise to self, kind of a, our New Year's uh, resolution, which for us happens in summertime at the anniversary of the first podcast. Last year's resolution was we were going to kind of split the show between rambling diatribes with no format, no fixed intentions beyond we have a loose topic, and then we're just going to talk about it, which is still the spirit of the original podcast, where we, we just, you know, try to remember the big points and uh, have a nice chat. But we broke it up so that there would be at least half of the podcasts dedicated to stuff that was more like what we admire most about Eric Tenkars uh, at Tenkars Tavern was he was right on point. Uh, he had an almost scientific uh, process of examination and, you know, incorporating a little bit of that into what we do was a terrific choice. I, I have zero regret about that. You know, having some topics handled with care where we've ironed out more or less exactly what we want to say beforehand and other topics be as casual as we please. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, well, Tenkar does a daily podcast. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't, but he only does like 15, maybe 20 minutes. Sometimes you're lucky if you get 15 minutes out of him. Sometimes he goes to 20 minutes when he's really got something to talk about. And sometimes, you know, he has his uh, finger right on the pulse of what's going on. Oh, Obviously, yeah. he's the heart of a And a with community. 15 or 20 minutes, you know, when you understand that, like, in some cases, he's doing, you know, like, game reviews, uh, 15 or 20 minutes is an incredibly short amount of time. Uh, two long-winded fruit bats like us got no chance of pulling off what he does every single time he does a podcast. You know, we I don't think we could do it. I, I know I couldn't. I got a piece of eye candy game in front of me, and I, I'm we're doing a pick-apart. I'm going to need more than 15 minutes. So I think uh, rededicating ourselves to a new year. Um, we're going to stick with um, maybe the dual format. Like one day we do this uh, kind of free form, and I do the dramatic, uh, not because it's an affectation, because I'm actually dumb. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what to say next. So, forgive me. Uh, oh, my God. Are you implying that we're making it up as we go along? Yeah, yeah, I am. I, oh, I actually God. am. Sometimes I get stuck with, you know, dead air because I'm like, uh, what should I say next? What was I talking about? Ham sandwiches. That's right, squirrel. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Big role reversal. I think he just opened the kimono. Oh, I might have. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but sometimes I just don't know what to say next, and some, it takes a minute for that uh, you know, one gerbil uh, on a wheel the... to spin to get up to speed. You know, it takes a moment. It's only one gerbil, but it's still going to keep working there. Um, yeah, you know, there's sometimes I think that we get way off track with things because we just like going there. It's just like we're sitting around talking and just having fun with it. Yeah, to, to give people who might be newer listeners uh, and may not have heard all of the oldest episodes, a little window. The podcast was modeled after the conversations that we would have on the back porch with a cigar. Uh, <laughs> and it just hit us. You're like, yeah, podcasts are very popular. Uh, and there's oh, all right. Ter- I... Yeah, well, and there's all these terrific podcasts that are like one person. Uh, and then we would have these great rambling conversations, which in most cases uh, took hours instead of minutes, Yeah. Uh, on a wide array of topics loosely connected to gaming. And we thought, what, what, if, what if we just recorded these? Uh, and that was just the original germ of an idea before we really got rolling. So, yeah, you know, still true to the original notion. Yeah, I think uh, going forward, we're going to keep with that partially, but we're I think we're going to mix it up a little bit. And uh, what I'd like to rededicate us to is we're going to spend a year doing off the off the wall stuff. Um, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Traveler. 
We're going to talk about RuneQuest. We're going to talk about some of the less popular games. Not that D&D or Pathfinder don't. Oh, we'll, we won't talk about them. No, no. We, We're not we dropping. will. We will talk about them at great length. Yeah. Uh, and it's just that uh, as we have interspersed other materials into uh, you know, the, the schedule, uh, that going to be more of that in the year to come. You know, I, I'm really... Uh, Kicking Mike uh, into gear to uh, run us through a Traveler campaign. I really want to play a Varger uh, Freebooter. Oh, classic. Yeah, and I've got the the recently released, uh, well, not recently released, but the re-release of the old editions. Yeah, I was thinking if you want to... Mine were destroyed by water uh, years ago, uh, and I wept many bitter tears to add to the... uh, you know, water stains on the original products. So those were all lost to me to some degree or another. And having finally reacquired a bunch of them, or at least uh, like maybe 60% of what I had overall, now that I have the core rule books again, uh, yeah, it would be great to do an old school traveler campaign. Oh, yeah, or even the new one, uh, the second edition that was released by Mongoose, uh, looks very promising. I Oh. I like that. I like that one uh, starter set, which is not a starter set. Stat, bleh, talk starter set because it's not a starter set, but it is a great way to get into travel. They just throw you right in there. They're just like, here, here's the simplified rules, and here's no, there's no simplified rules. They don't even do that. They're like, here's the rules, here's the campaign, here's the setting, go and just run. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I like starter sets, but to be honest. The starter sets give you a taste, but I think the Traveler one really, really went forward and said, okay, uh, here's everything in the main core rulebook, except for a very, very minuscule amount of Esoterica. You've got everything you need to start here, pre-generated characters even. Go and just uh, run and have fun. And, yeah, I think that deserves a look. I think uh, RuneQuest deserves a look. It's a new age. But also Call of Cthulhu. I mean, so much stuff. I mean, yeah, Harlem Unbound. It, that Harlem Unbound merits a total pick-apart examination, and that's going to be another thing, you know, the yep. the pick-apart examinations to come. But we're uh, gonna, still going to talk about old-school D&D. Oh, we're going to yeah. talk about 5th edition. We're still going to do that. So we're going to try to include, rather than our thoughts and rambles, where sometimes we're at a loss, we're going to pick a game, and we're just going to go with it. And we're going to talk about stuff like the Palladium. Uh, fantasy game. Um, I even uh, wanted to talk about Recon, the role-playing game. Oh, wow. That which was very bad. controversial when it came out, but uh, I have some recollections of a... Uh, uh, it was like a three, four-month campaign we ran. Uh, a guy ran me through Recon. I was able to take a break from DMing. And it was a Soldier Fortune sort of thing, not in the way of the magazine, but of we were playing mercenaries in their kind of big picture world and being hired to do things that when I played another game, Shadowrun, that sounded awfully familiar. <laughs> yeah, we were being hired by companies, governments, local uh, uh, warlords, and um, as just basically troubleshooters that, well, we have a problem that needs bullets and you are the ones. So we're kind of like the A-team, right? <laughs> and that was what he was going for. He was not even playing around. He was like, so it's like A-team without... Car crashes, pretty much. Yeah, and in, in this one, the explosions kill people. Yeah, well, yeah, there was a lot of carnage. And sometimes there wasn't carnage. Sometimes it was just dealing with people as only uh, you can in those types of crazy situations that role-playing games permit. So talking about things like that, um, talking about tunnels and trolls, the quick start rules, uh, that's another thing I would like to take a long look at, as well as some of the ideas that uh, have come out of Another game, Mercenary Spies and Private Eyes, as well as a look back at some of the top secret modules and how well... This is the ultimate kimono opening. You know, we're just running down the list of yeah. like things that we really want to do in the coming year. Uh, I'm looking at uh, cross-examinations of very specific facets of 5e versus my experiences in 1st edition. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, now that I have a much more grounded understanding of 5th edition, which a year ago I did not, uh, in the, the year between then and now, uh, I've had, you know, a multitude of chances to play 
and to really get a grasp for where the core differences lie. Not just, if I seemed like I was hesitant to speak authoritatively about 5th edition in the past, it was because when I don't have a lot of experience with something, I tend to back away. The lone exception is my famous contempt for the decision-making process behind 4th edition. But you'll notice I constantly refer to the decision-making process, mm, you know, not not as much about the game mechanics. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I like to have a firm footing on what I'm talking about before I chime in. And now I do. So there will be examinations of 5th edition that are much more in detail coming, uh, specifically regarding some of their new products set in Forgotten Realms. So I'm really looking forward to peeling open. Oh yeah, we just got in a rollicking conversation with uh, my uh, wife's uh, father-in-law, stepdad. He uh, really big fan of uh, the Drow, and you know he was like impressed with how I knew so much about Forgotten Realms. And it's like, well, I thought you liked uh, Rayok, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely do. But uh, you have to understand that uh, half the stuff about the Drow and the Underdark that uh, Forgotten Realms supplement was kind of almost setting neutral. I mean, yes, they referenced Baron, but there were like five uh, demigods of the Drow that were introduced there. There was the Handmaiden of uh, Loth, the the one of the Yachtol, uh Duchess, and uh, she's like kind of a minor cult in the cult of, uh, or in the sect of Loth. And then there's the male god, uh, who's kind of underhanded and is illegal, but not forbidden, occasionally hunted down or persecuted. But, maybe, you know, there's, <laughs> they're only uh, mildly tolerated. And then there's the, the thief, and then there's the one of the drider and outcasts. Yeah, so he was like, oh, there's other demigods. Yeah, they're, Loth is not alone. And she is, she would like to, her priestesses would like to present her as the singular goddess. But uh, far be it, uh, you know, the elder god of elemental evil is proof that the drow have other deities that they serve. Indeed. Uh, point being that, you know, like she's a pantheon boss, like Zeus. Yeah, even though she didn't want these other ones coming around, but. Uh, yeah, not keen on competition or anybody winnowing away followers. So. There's a much more intense rivalry in the canon of uh, Drow lore. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know that he thought Excuse you me. were more keen on Greyhawk than Forgotten Realms, but, I mean, we played in Forgotten Realms uh, since it's inception. Well, yeah, if you wanted to, the Drow of the Underdark supplement, which we could probably make it a whole cast on of itself, which, hey, as we're talking about ideas where we want to do better and be more focused towards gaming, I think that's uh, an prominent one, but... One thing is, uh, I think as our podcast is growing or maturing, I think that taking a longer look at other games as well, which we have done. I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word mature with regard to anything that involves the two of us. And well, <laughs> I mean, other that than, would be very other wise. than gray hair and back pain. Uh, uh, yeah, we got that a plenty. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that like plus two wisdom bonus to pop up. Yeah, I got two when compression that... fractures to tell me different. Yeah, but... yeah. When does that kick in? Well, yeah. What does that <laughs> give me a bonus? Uh huh. <laughs> it ain't. Um, uh. Yeah, I think I've been able to tolerate a higher level of pain than most other folks for a longer period of time. But hey, that's just me. Could also be the marine talking. Uh, you know, yeah. yep. Ignore pain. Pain bad. Ignore. Pain does not, not exist. <laughs> do not show emotion do not have empathy be a robot beep boop i am a computer i am a terminator yep yeah that's the way they condition you yep and, and you know what in combat serves you well doesn't do so well in civilian life no no it, it, just for my fellow vets out there essential not as essential <laughs> you as know what of what i speak yeah uh, that is uh it, it's not an essential component of civilian life no nope. but, but uh you know it, it is understandable uh, for people who have uh, been in service. Yeah, I was uh, just on an off topic about that. I was involved in a conversation about that where they said that, uh, you know, you, the idea is that you endure that sort of thing. You don't embrace it. Those who embrace it do tend to become unbalanced much uh, later in life, have yeah. a lot more difficulties, a lot of bad relationships and I did endure it. I didn't embrace it full-heartedly. I mean, I took what worked and, you know, kind of discarded the rest after I got out. You know, I let my hair grow out, 
Oh, yeah, I remember the scraggly days. Oh, yeah. Long <laughs> hair. Oh, man. Oh. No, indeed. It, what a long, strange trip it's been. So, yeah, as we look back at that, too, uh, we can... Besides uh, the irritants of growing older, one of the things is, yeah, we have a little bit of advantage on some things, but, um, you know, it's... We're still discovering a lot of new stuff because so much is being published in this era that it's almost impossible to keep up with. Yeah, it is. It is uh, dizzying. Thank goodness there are so many other amazing podcasts that give me opportunities. Uh, and, you know, like, here's the, the stage in this where I want to talk about the community that we've become a part of. Wait, I thought there was no D&D community. Uh, well. Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he can. There's no community. Uh, well, in the podcasting circles, yeah, we have been fortunate enough to be exposed to this huge variety of other podcasts who are doing amazing things in doing minute inspections of materials that, in many cases, we don't have a copy of. Uh, and, like, they've become a primary news source for me to find out what's going on, what's getting released. Uh, I don't... I don't... Being a curmudgeonly hermit-like character who, like, just warily creeps up to the internet, and, you know, like uh, like I'm approaching an, an oasis in, in the jungle, you know, and I'm I'm this, you know, shy and retiring creature that only comes out between the hours of four and five in the morning before the light of the sun touches the sky and I lap a you know, little bit of water uh, and then I retreat back into the foliage. Um, being like that, I don't have like a hard line wired in with like all these different companies to find out what's going on, what's coming out, what's the, the big hot news. Uh, either I find out when it's on the shelf in the store or I find out from all the other people doing podcasts. And they've just really connected me to the outside world uh, and to what's going on in gaming to a much greater degree than I have ever been connected. It's something I'm really Oh, yeah, for. it's dizzying, and I have to really limit my focus. And oh. I've really turned it to, okay, I, I don't play 5e. I, I don't have anything against 5e. I want to put that firmly out there because a lot of people, when I say I don't like 5e, they take great umbrage of that like how do you not like it it's the best game okay you know what i i do believe that it's the best version of DD so far i really do however i i had my games that i was heavily entrenched and invested in and that's what i was going to play oh yeah and they're ongoing yeah they, they your are... system familiarity is at maximum capacity right now you are at the peak of your game in pathfinder uh, you, you've got your dming position firmly staked out and you know exactly what needs doing it's really tough for a dm to upheave everything uh for a system change so i mean dude that's understandable well yeah you know i still play shadowrun i still uh, and i want to broaden horizons and do more stuff uh rune quest i think is at the point where i call it my dotage game where as i grow into my dotage i want to have that as that one I keep around always uh, because I think I can do it the best. I, I have firm belief. I know that, uh, oh, uh, what is his name? Speaking of dotage, our friend at Wheeler Woe podcast, frequent caller. He's going to, he's going to roast us for this. I know it. I just froze. I know. Oh, my God. I'm like a deer in the headlights. You asked me the question, and his name jumped out of my brain. It's wriggling around on the floor like a fish right now. Yeah, flapping around. Uh, we're uh, trying to grasp it. It's a J word. word. Yeah. But it's not. We keep getting it mixed up. Oh. Yeah, he said I should do Dune. And, yeah, we'll just get on with it. Uh, you know, uh, with uh, uh, the new Dune movie, Dennis you. I have totally mastered that name. Villanova. 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 Thank you. Villanova. I always trip that up. Sorry. My dyslexia at peak performance right there. Also because it's hard for me to write that. Oh. It, it very, it, it, just that one just mastered. Well, for starters, it, it's French. Yes. So, and, but. So you, I had to repress a gag instinct just oh. saying it. Oh. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> well, he said I should do Dune, and I I seriously looked at it, and then coming out with a new game, and I was like, um, no, I could do it, but I appreciate it too much. I'm too close to it because I like the completeness of the Dune trilogy. Okay. You know, it's it would be hard for me. Like, I could run a one-off or a few sessions or a short campaign with a very clear focus, but I don't think I could run one in the time of Paul Atreides or Leto II. I just don't... Oh, because, yeah, that's messing with the Canaan. There's so much going on. Yeah. I mean, you really get to see a lot torn apart with Dune uh, of how we view heroes and leaders. And I think there's message... Herbert's message is fairly clear. Don't trust leaders. And, I mean, it's not... Some people may uh, contest me on this. I think it's beaten over the head of the reader from time to time. Don't trust leaders, don't trust leaders. But I think there's an impassioned uh, message behind it. There's a reason for that. Because when you... Put well, yeah, the religious old, overtones of uh, martyrdom, uh, yeah, when, of you know anticipated messiah, messianic status, you know things like that, ultimately failing people is probably not coincidental. I, I'm willing to go out there on a limb and say, hmm, it's almost like he was trying to say something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I know. I it's impassioned. I don't think you're out in the woods, dude. I, it's impassioned, and I think he's right to do it. But Paul Atreides seems like a hero, but he's not. It's actually Leto, you know, who is, and Leto II, not his pa. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to Dune. I think that if you did like a kind of like, well, okay, this happens like 50 years before uh, Atreides uh, takes over Arrakis. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe then it would be a workable scenario where you're not tampering with a beloved portion of the timeline. I, I can understand your, your reticence on this because I, I would not feel completely comfortable playing in the time of the trilogy. I could probably get away with playing some Fremen, but the Fremen are kind of extreme. Yeah. In the same way that Space Marines are extreme, they're kind of the same way. Yeah, very little in the way of compromise. Well, they're, they're people that are very... Uh, Survival-oriented. Yeah, they're, everything they're is... They're driven a, is by certainty. necessity. They're, they're, they are now living in the time of their Messiah. This is their certainty. This is their absolutism. Everything that has been promised to them has come to them. This is their time to arise after years... Millennia of persecution. They have now come to the fore. So, yeah, Fremen, um, I don't know, man. That, that was a tough one. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Spice junkies shanking each other with the voice. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Don't yeah. take that seriously. No need for hate mail on that one. Just poking fun at a beloved favorite. I think uh, my... And this is why I come back to a couple things. If we're talking about the science fiction, we're going to take a moment out of here. This is why I like Traveler, is because I've been rereading uh, the Foundation trilogy. I was just reminded how much the Imperium of Traveler is not that, you know, did inspire Warhammer 40,000's Imperium. But the Imperium of Traveler was more the Foundation. It was more that there were hundreds of thousands of habitable worlds, and very few of them had any life of note. I mean, yes, they had each of their own, they had many of them budding ecosystems, but very few had intelligent civilizations. And the one civilization that was intelligent has already expired. No one knows where they went. Nothing is left of them. They were simply referred to ominously as the ancients with capital letters at the uh, T and the A. Yeah. Uh, original incarnation traveler uh, alludes not very subtly to uh, a similar circumstance. I, I noticed that in Warhammer 40k, they have uh, leaped very far into the future. Uh, whereas the Traveler Imperium, you're seeing things at their, their point of growth. Uh, where well, yeah, that, in the Foundation, that, Earth that first is forgotten. sense of interconnectedness has taken place. Now, uh, the Foundation trilogy in some respects has a great deal more in common with Warhammer 40k. Indeed. In yeah, a long time. You but see the relationship a little more closely. Even in Traveler the Game, Earth is kind of forgotten. 
yeah, it's it's a leftover relic of another time. But uh, you see this thriving, not, you know, like there's no emphasis on decay in Traveler. Yes. It's not uh, everything has fallen apart and the ways and means to build and maintain and grow have been uh, laid aside for so long that nobody knows how to do anything except by rote. Uh, Warhammer 40K, very... Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a love letter to two things. Uh, extreme distant science fiction, such as Foundation or Traveler, things like that. And then on the other hand, it's a love letter to movies like Brazil. Okay. And Alien, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mixed mashing. I'm not trying to... To cast shade on 40K, that's a no. topic. But no, I was just rereading it and I was like, man, you know what? There is a certain element of Traveler that I think uh, expresses itself well under that. So that's what I wanted to say. We want to do more stuff like that. And rather than this being a retrospective... Oh, there like, will be another movie night to come. Mm-hmm. Interlinked by a particular theme. Uh, you know, more than one, actually. You know, a couple of different genre-specific discussions of the way in which certain series of movies in certain genres relate to, inspire, and connect to gaming. So, yeah, that's another thing to look forward to. All right, and we're definitely going to um, cover a lot of more uh, of the outer edge of gaming because I think that uh, while Dean, there's other people that are doing a lot of 5th uh, edition D&D, and they do it better than we can because we're... Barely able to hold ourselves to one topic of a retrospect. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a toddler at uh, fifth edition. I'm it's back to being uh, fourteen with my first DM guide again, and you know what? I am not sorry about that feeling. I I feel pretty thrilled about it because uh, sometimes it's it's just humbling and awe inspiring to be back in the position of the learner and to be comfortable with that. I'm actually really getting a lot out of it. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the uh, the idea is that we want to keep on there, and I'm just, I'm so beside myself, I can't recall a name. And I'm just uh, probably going to torment myself, and we're going to rightfully be excoriated on an angry Are message. Are catching hell for this one? Yeah, I know. Well, well-deserved as it is. <laughs> well-deserved, Uh that's what we get for uh, being us. And, uh, you know, so be it. But I appreciate uh, all the effort that people have put into telling us about what we do, what inspires, where we've inspired you, what we've been done to inspire you, and what you enjoy. And we always want to continue to do that. But, oh, uh, yeah. To, I mean, this has very much been about sharing some of our favorite things and hopefully spreading the love around and getting other people to... You know, if they are already kind of primed, like we already shared D&D in common, but here's things that influenced our mentality about the game and other games. Uh, And just throwing those out there and having people occasionally, you get that person who, uh, like, say, for instance, if we're talking seven seas as a pirate game and you want to add a comic element, you cannot fail to bring in the movie Yellowbeard. Right. Which... With chunks of Monty Python and chunks of the cast of Young Frankenstein and uh, Cheech and Chong, uh, you know, here's a movie that honestly should have been a comic giant, and instead flubbed in the theaters and is now largely unknown. Uh, but if you're doing a pirate-based campaign of of any game system, at least send your players out on a mission. All of you are going home with homework before we start this campaign. Watch Yellowbeard. Right, and, uh, you know, in our Skull and Shackles campaign, I've actually kept it to a minimum because nobody has watched it. And, you know, the oh. two people who have, they get it. Oh, geez. That's I really, it. I should have joined that campaign. I know. Just so that uh, I could be that particular. Sc- we Yellowbeards are at our most dangerous when we're dead. Going well, I don't know how people get anything done going around dying all the Best time. Best rant in a movie ever. <laughs> uh, they'll have to kill me before I die. That's right. Don't you forget <laughs> it. And yeah, so Joe Richter. Yeah, finally the brain works. Oh, 
Yeah. Well done, sir. All right. I, All right. You dredged it up. I dredged it up too little too late. Joey. But, yeah, Joey Richter. Joe Richter is going to be furious. I just know it. He's going to be <laughs> you furious. Coming. I do. So I invoked... why, actually, I, I, I handed off to you because yeah, you, you well, started you know, the process. I did. I invoked it. But uh, I, got yeah, the, Joey, I got the deer in the headlights face. Like, oh, oh. Joey Richter, you know, challenged me to do a Dune. And I, I've kind of like, ever since then, I'm like, why would he say that? Like, And I realize I'm probably one of the few people besides uh, obscure gathering of people that just have read the Dune novels and dissected them. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really talk about it because, you know, talking about Dune in that uh, length usually gets you nothing but dead-eyed stares and like, please, for the love of God, kill me. Yeah, Works. I mean, it's a good thing that, like, the communications here doesn't run two-way or we could start, like, a lengthy diatribe on Dune, like a total dissection of the novels. Two and, hours about Dune tonight. Get and, ready. On the other side, we would be hearing like the muffled gunshots and the, the sounds of people bleeding out in bathtubs. You know, it just, it, just, it would, be it would not be cool at all. Oh. Uh, content warning. Uh, yeah, trigger for suicide. We're just making fun of that. But uh, yeah. yeah, if you are uh, triggered by that, we, we apologize. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. A little over the line, but uh, I mean, let's be serious, though. Um, not There's... everybody is emotionally prepared to go through a lengthy a dissection of dune uh, so yep. trigger warning for that yeah that um, should be a trigger warning just, in of itself. Yeah. content we will talk at length about dune so okay if you're uh, in, on board with this you're in for a treat if you don't uh, like that or you don't know what we're talking about run just run yeah shut it off Get run right. away yeah okay uh yeah well if we ever do exactly that uh we will include a little warning ahead of time just to tell people okay those unprepared for this may wish to just tune out for a bit. So, well, we were rambled a lot, and we talked oh, about yeah. science fiction stuff like that. We hope that, that you enjoyed that little walk in the weeds. Uh, that's what we do. And, of course, uh, we bring you back to the chart now, nice and safe and sound, Proto. So, uh, no need to worry. Um, yeah, you couldn't have dialed in the Eagles for the trip there. Yeah, we did. We took you there. We bring you back. All uh, right, you're back now, so it's all there. <laughs> So, if you liked what uh, we got coming up, stick around. There's going to be more of it. If you don't like what we're doing, well, um, okay, well. I, well, then, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we're not open to some improvement, but uh, you may be doomed to disappointment. <laughs> yeah, we are going to, we're going to try to be uh, more focused, and we're going to be try to be as relevant and maybe expand your horizons as well. So we hope you stick around with us. Oh, yeah, there will be other great changes coming. Uh, I, I will, henceforth, uh, I'm, I'm leaving the kimono largely aside. Okay. Uh, I am now donning the Nehru jacket and picking up the white cat, uh, which I will stroke while we have these oh, discussions. Nice the, the old Nehru jacket and uh, a white cat. So that yeah, so I can scheme authoritatively. Yeah, we'll definitely be uh, speaking of that. That goes right to what I was saying about the spy genre. I think we we need to explore the spy genre, not like in and of itself, but as the '60s, as the perfect that golden zone. Just like if Traveler's that perfect zone of just the right amount of empire and a uh, wild trade frontier that it exhibits, as well as the super hard science fiction setting. I think the 60s and uh, the spy genre is one that we're going to be hitting over and oh, over again. Yeah, especially in the golden era of spy novel writing. Yeah, well, pulp as it was, it, yeah. it, it was it, a wide open world. It was the perfect, you know, everything oh, was... There was so much intrigue going on in real time that it just created this incredible wellspring of ideas uh, to harvest for mm -hmm. writers. And, of course, where, where that wellspring exists... Gamers even inevitably jump on board and go, Ooh, I'm taking that. Yep, so we'll be definitely doing that uh, in Just the near future. Anything but the uh, gondola car from uh, what was that, Thunderball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we could we could give that one a pass. Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. But uh, as we've worn out your <laughs> ears and your patience, yeah, sorry, Joey. Fine. I'm really sorry, man. I yeah, just forgive me, okay. I, I know I have it coming, but, uh, you know, make it swift and sure. I'll take it. Our beatings are well-deserved. So uh, if you have any concerns, and many that you should have, uh, you can, of course, let us know on our Facebook page. 
There you see screaming on Facebook, of course. And, of course, uh, you can get a hold of us on Anchor by downloading the Anchor app. And if you do find the Anchor app to your liking, I suggest that you find the subscribe button to our channel, take it out for a long dinner to its favorite restaurant, and leave it there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you, Mr. Balance, for that. Under no circumstances, leave a trail of breadcrumbs for it to follow you. Yeah, no phone number. Just take it to its favorite restaurant, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, and let, let it pick up the check. Yeah, just uh, keep us informed. Leave us messages and let us know. Keep in the loop. We like hearing from you. And, of course, we, we like having uh, our listeners part of the show. We really enjoy that. And that's something we want to keep to can, uh, a tradition here at the Dice Screaming. And Tuesday, uh, we look forward to seeing you again. It's presuming, of course, that I have my act together, which I fully intend to. So... Until then, you know, you guys take care and have a wonderful weekend. Yep, and may the dice dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.